Hey, everybody, we're so glad to have you here as we dive into God's Word together as Three Circle Church, whether you're tuning in locally, regionally, or globally. My name is Micah. I'm the campus pastor at our Midtown campus of Three Circle Church, and we're so excited to be part of what God is doing all over our area, all over our region, all over our world, and so God is doing some really cool things at Midtown. One of the things we do is called Ransom Cafe, where we do about three to-go meals a week, uh, and it's an opportunity to bless people in the context of their dignity as they're able to give a small donation or a small act of kindness in exchange for a meal. Uh, and just this last quarter alone, we were able to serve about 4,000 meals to families in need in our community. Uh, and so that's just one of many, many things we're able to do as a part of Three Circles uh, Church regionally and globally to make an impact. And so we're so thankful to be part of a church like Three Circle that is so generous. Well, today we are at a friend's farm, uh, and uh, you can see here the barn. There's a lot of uh, things going on, a lot of animals here, and so a lot of noises, a lot of things happening. Uh, it's a busy place, and so we're going to dive into God's Word in a minute. You'll see why we find ourselves in these surroundings. They're very relevant to where we're going to be in God's Word, and so we're looking at a topic today that is so uh, important, that is something that all of us face. We deal with it each and every day. And so you're gonna see once we dig in in just a minute uh, that it's something we all struggle with, all have to figure out how to deal with this challenge in our lives. And that is the challenge of words. The, the Bible talks about our tongue and how our tongue, although it's a very small thing, is a very, very powerful thing. Uh, and so our words can be either constructive, they can build people up, or they can be destructive. They can tear people down. You know, in World War II, right, in the years uh, leading up to World War II, Hitler wrote a book called Mein Kampf, which was an explanation of his philosophy, which led to what was World War II Germany and how they approached war and their definition of humanity. And because of the ideas that he recorded in that book, Millions of people lost their lives. In fact, for every word in Mein Kampf, 125 people lost their lives in World War II. Words matter. They simply matter. You know, probably growing up, you had this expression you would use, and it goes a little something like this. I bet you can probably say it along with me. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. You know, there probably could not be a more... Uh, a statement that is less accurate uh, than that statement. Because the reality is words do hurt. Words do affect us. Words do shape us. They're very, very important. And so James tells about the impact of our tongue and the words we use. Uh, and he really unpacks it in a way that hopefully is gonna be so, so applicable for our lives and a way for us to really see what it means to use our words on purpose. So will you join with me as we look into God's word? Let's dig in together to what James teaches us here about how important our tongue is and the words we use. So James chapter three, starting in verse two. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we control our tongues, we will be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make 
a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. The whole wor world of wickedness corrupting your entire body, it can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Those are strong words from James about how fiery and how evil and wicked our words can sometimes be. Then he says in verse 7, People can tame all kinds of animals and birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out from the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, that is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So James gives us some very relevant words about how our words matter and how we use our tongues matter. So let's dig into that together. So the first thing James tells us here and all these images he gives us of the tongue uh, is he unpacks for us uh, how there are three different ways the tongue is powerful in our lives. So let's look at those together. The first way is the tongue is powerful in the sense that it can direct our lives. And so our words direct people's lives. They can redirect people's lives. Think about the power of your words. And so he says, it's just like you have this, this powerful horse and with that horse, by putting a bit in its mouth, you're able to direct that powerful horse to do uh, what you want it to do and to go where you want it to go. And think about how powerful that animal is, the raw power of a horse. We even describe uh, the way that the strength a machine has, a truck or a tractor has, and we call it what? Horse power, because of the raw power that a horse has, that massive amount of energy and motion a horse has is directed by this very small piece of equipment where with reins and that bit in the horse's mouth, you can turn it whichever direction you want, you can pull it to a stop, you can direct all that power that by yourself as a person, you would have no way you could outpower a horse. But by putting this bit in its mouth, you can take all that raw power and give it direction. And James tells us that our tongue has a lot of power. It's small and it needs direction. And our lives, we direct people with our words. Can you, can you think about and imagine where you are, the relationships you have, the job you have, how healthy your work environments are, all those things have been shaped by the accumulation of your words and your conversations. So much of the way we direct our lives are based upon the power of our words. Think about how just certain people saying certain words uh, influence so much about us. Think about throughout history, there are speeches that have been spoken. Like if I were to utter the words, 
four score and seven years ago, you would think about something. You'd be inspired or directed towards events that historically took place because of those words. If I were to say the words, I have a dream, you think about something that happened in history in correspondence to those words. Words direct our lives. Words have power. They can inspire Words can inspire people to do amazing things and unite behind a purpose. They can, they can stir up imagination in us. And a, a coach can give a speech before a big game and inspire a team to perform maybe better than they ever have. Words are powerful. Words can move us in a way and direct us in a way. Uh, and they have power. Can you think about whenever the President of the United States says, I declare war, literally those words have the potential to impact millions of lives. When you think about when a judge uh, strikes his gavel and says guilty or not guilty, those words will impact a person and his family for literally the rest of their lives. Words have power to direct our lives. Words are important. And James tells us just like this bit could, could move a powerful horse in whatever direction, the same way our words move powerfully and they direct people's lives. The second thing James tells us here is that our words also have the potential to destroy. James compares our words to a fire and he compares them to a wild animal. You know, a fire can be very, very destructive. And one thing about fires is fires grow. It only takes a small, a small spark that can start a forest fire. And James tells us here that a fire of the tongue of our words can set a whole forest of somebody's life on fire. You know, when you think about powerful fires in history, back in the 1800s, there was a fire in the city of Chicago that was thought to have started in a small barn. By the time that great Chicago fire was finished burning, it had destroyed over 100,000 Homes. It had caused over 400,000 or $400 million in damage and killed over 300 people. It all started with a small spark. Fires may start small, but they get big. And the same spark, they could start a campfire, could also start a forest fire that burns and literally can destroy acres and acres uh, with its flame. Fires can be very, very dangerous. And he tells us that our words can be destructive like a fire. And when you, light, when you light a fire, it can burn down people's lives. You know, our words, if we're not careful, can burn down important relationships. You know, I have a friend who in growing up had a very, very close relationship with his grandfather. They did everything together. They went out in the fields together. They played ball together. They watched TV together. They were always hanging out. And they, one of their deals was they would kind of jab at one another. They would kind of make jokes at one another. They would kind of tease one another. Well, one day, my friend was just teasing his granddad. And for whatever reason, his granddad just lost it. And he said some mean, some, some, some words to him and, and just cursed him out in a way that their relationship changed that day. And it has never been the same. Our words can destroy. Our words can burn hot from within us 
And once we release those words, we can't take them back and they can burn down relationships. And I bet you sitting there in your living room or wherever you are watching this message, you can think about a relationship that disintegrated based upon some fiery words you used. Maybe it's a heart-wrenching thing for you. You can think about a family member you haven't talked to in years because of some words you used. Maybe you're watching today and there's a job you lost because of some words you used in a fiery conversation that literally burned down some relationships in your life. Words can be destructive. Words can burn down things in our lives. And it's important that we know how to deal with those. And I love how the Bible explains to us part of our wisdom and our growth and understanding the power of our words is that we need to know as followers of Jesus when we need to be able to put out a fire and stop using our words in anger and wrath uh, to burn people. And we know when to back off to be quiet. And we know when to put that fire out of our words. That's part of wisdom. That's part of our growth as believers. So I love how the Bible explains to us how the difference between a person who handles their words and knows they can be destructive and a person that doesn't yet see that. And the Bible describes them as a troublemaker. Listen to how it says this in Proverbs 26, verse 20, about how that fire can blaze on in our lives through our words. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, arguments stop. Charcoal keeps the coals glowing, wood keeps the fire burning, and troublemakers keep arguments alive. You know, a sense of wisdom would help us know when we need to stop pouring gas on the fire. We need to stop using our words in anger and we, when we need to be quiet and say less. You know, it's important for us to know that our words can be destructive and know when we need to stop using those destructive words that can burn down relationships and where things will never be the same. Our words can destroy. They can be destructive like fire. But also our words can be, he tells us here, they can be like a dangerous animal that attacks, like a wild animal that attacks. How many of you have ever been at the zoo and as you're at the zoo, you see all these animals uh, and these enclosures and they have all these signs to say, don't feed the animals, don't get too close uh, to the animals, warning you about, yes, you are in a zoo, but these are still wild animals, they're still dangerous. And James compares our words to wild animals. How many of you would come to Three Circle Campus this weekend uh, if we said, you know what, we're gonna have some guests here today. We're gonna have, you hear some of our friends here, even our guests here at the, at the barn behind me, right? Uh, if we were to say, we're gonna have some lions, we're gonna have some snakes, we're gonna have some wild animals that are gonna join us in our worship gatherings. Why don't you come join us? You'll enjoy it. It's gonna be entertaining. Probably wouldn't come. I know I wouldn't come. I'm not hanging out with wild animals because they're wild, right? They're out of control. But yet, if we're honest, how many of us unleash the wild animals of our, of our words into our workplace? We bring them into our homes. We bring them to our kids' ball field. And we expect that everything's gonna be fine after we unleash those wild animals to do as they will and that it's gonna be all right. And James says, that's foolish. That's foolish. You don't, you don't play with fire. You don't play with wild animals and you expect it to be okay. It's not gonna be okay. They're dangerous. And so he tells us they're like wild animals, but also he compares them to venomous animals. You know, for some of us, we may not be the, peop uh, the person that's always using fiery words and always angry and attacking. You may not be that person. 
You may be the person that's more of a kind of a passive, aggressive, quiet type person. That James says it's like your words are like venom. And here's the danger of venom. Venom's a silent killer. You can, uh, venom just kills you a little bit at a time and you can't see it. Maybe you can't even feel it until it's too late. And for some of us in our relationships, it's not all these violent outbursts of us using words. It's just a passive aggressive comment there. It's an attack there. And we're wondering why a relationship with someone we love is slowly dying, is slowly losing its feeling, is slowly fading away. And it's because you're poisoning it one word at a time. With those things you're saying, you are killing that relationship one deadly word at a time, just like venom could kill our bodies. And James says, beware in your life. Your words can be like fire that can burn relationships down. Your words can be like wild animals that can get out of control and ravage your life. And your words can be like venom that poison your relationships. Your words can be destructive. But finally, James tells us here also, and here's the good news. Your words can also be constructive. Your words can be beautiful and they can be things that give people the grace and strength that they need to do life and do life on purpose uh, and to gain uh, such strength from your words. And so James tells us that our tongues can give life. He compares our, our tongues to water and to a tree. And he says they can be life giving. They can be purposeful. And so think about it. If you think about water, water is beautiful, right? Water is necessary for life. And I love how the Bible over and over again compares our words to water. And so here's one such occasion in Proverbs 10, 11, It says, the mouth of the righteous man is the well of life. Your words can give life. Your words can be exactly what somebody needs to survive. You know, we've got some beautiful horses and cows and other livestock around here. They need water to survive, just like you and I need water to survive. And our words literally can sustain people. They can be a life-giving to people. And that's why it says in Colossians 4, 6, that our words should be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Your words can be like water to a person that's dried up and wilting away. It can reinvigorate uh, and, and give life and renewal to them. But James also warns us here that our words, if they're not life-giving, then they can, at the same time, that it could be like bitter water and sweet water that we would say things that, that honor God and how we love Jesus, yet with the very same lips, we could say things that dishonor human beings made in the image of God. Church, I wanna say to you, this time has been a very challenging time uh, for all of us. 2020, as we look at that in the rearview mirror, has been a tumultuous season uh, for us as a country, for us as a culture, and I really think it was a powder keg in so many ways for a lot of us relationally. Uh, and so the pandemic and, and political uh, uh, unrest and an election and, and, and the civil things we've been dealing with, that it has really uh, put some of us on edge to where we have begun to approach people, particularly in our social media in a way we probably never would face to face. And I just wanna say to you that James warns us here that the power of our words are not just true, just an in-person conversation. The power of our words are also true in your online conversations. And for some of us, we have, because we disagree with people's policies or disagree with their ideologies, we have somewhere determined in our hearts and minds that we could speak to people without giving them honor being made in the image of God. And I just wanna say to you that we should be able to disagree with people without dismantling them as a human being 
And we should be able to leave the conversation, even if we disagree online, with them having their dignity and them knowing that we love them and we care for them, even if we disagree. And I love how Timothy explains this to us in 2 Timothy 2.25. He says this about what the paradigm is to look like for those whom we disagree with. He says, be humble when you correct people who oppose you. Maybe God will lead them to turn to him and learn the truth. We always need to give people a corner of dignity to back into, even if we disagree with them. And I think that we as a church, we as, uh, as followers of Jesus, now more than ever need to be aware that people on social media and on the internet are watching the people who say they've been transformed by the love of God and how we communicate to other people, particularly those that disagree with us. And James warns us it is misrepresenting Jesus that with the same lips we would sing worship songs on Sunday would be the same lips or same fingers we can type hateful messages on Monday. Church, God has something better for us. He wants us to use our words constructively and we can disagree with people while still loving them and caring for their souls, not just if we win the argument. And so I wanna say to you, let's use our words on purpose. Let's use our words as life-giving water that gives grace to people that seizes their life with salt and makes it better, doesn't just simply attack them because we disagree. And finally, I think the most important thing that we need to know in conclusion for this, uh, this teaching from James is that Jesus tells us, James' brother, what the secret is to our words being under control of God. And that is that Jesus has control our heart. So what you need to know in closing today is uh, your words are never gonna be under control. Your tongue is never gonna be bridled until Jesus controls your heart. Your tongue is never gonna be under control. In fact, James makes the point here, doesn't he? He says there's one thing human beings have never tamed, and that's the tongue. And I wanna say to you, if you want to live your life and no longer have your tongue and your words burn down relationships, destroy people, uh, and be a destructive power and force in your life, then you have to let Jesus control your heart. Here's what Jesus says about the importance of our heart being controlled so that our mouth is under control. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So church, I want to say to you today that if you really want for your tongue to be bridled, if you really want to stop burning down relationships and destroying uh, work relationships, and you really want your words to, to be good words and words that do something constructive and not something just destructive, then you've got to let Jesus take over your heart. That the words that burn within you don't have to burn those around you. Let Jesus change the hatred and bitterness and issues in our heart that we could justify so that he transforms the way we relate to people. And when God does that, and when the gospel begins to shape the way we communicate, we no longer have to be people that are dominated by words that come from our mouths. We can be people that are transformed by Jesus changing our heart. So the way we speak and the things we say bring about his kingdom and bring about good and love for others and not something that's destructive that we have to look over our shoulder and see things that are burned down because our words have been used as a weapon. Rather, they can be used as a tool to build people up and to bring about Jesus changing our life and loving those around us.
I pray it's been encouraging you today and it helps you know how your words matter and Jesus wants to use your words to matter in people's lives, to grow his kingdom and to use your words as a blessing and not a curse to hurt others. Love you, church.